welcome to the podcast with the goofiest intro music. If that didn't make you happy and start dancing in your car, I, I, what are you doing? Hi, I'm Andrew Cummings, uh, also known as Ultra Budget Bruce, uh, at, Br- at MTG on Twitter. Uh, and this is an episode of The Budget Shop. It's been a minute. Excited to be back. Yeah, and we're excited to have you. This is Murphus. Uh, you can find me at Murphus Alvi MTG. You can find me on one of our other podcasts on our on our channel here, our lovely channel, uh, MTG Action Four News. And you can find uh, my articles a few times a month over at CommandersHerald.com. And hey, guys, it's Mr. Comet Number Five here, uh, one of your mainstays here at CMD Tower. You can always find my limited twitter activity at mr comma number five i'll spell out except for the five on twitter uh more uh likely it's better to follow our primary channel at cmd tower on twitter as well for the latest and greatest on what's going on so of course welcome to a new episode of the budget shop where floor to ceiling has no meaning and the foiling is always taco shaped um Today, we're going to be focusing around what is primarily viewed as a difficult color pie to build on a budget. And that's because we're talking the whole damn pie. We're talking five colors. Uh, So Ultra Budget Brews, talk to us about what five color looks like to you holistically when someone's building a five color deck, but scrapping for pennies stuck to the underside of a park bench. So, yeah, so... Building five colors on a budget is uh, something that I don't typically do personally. I'll be entirely honest. I've done it, but it's not something I typically choose to do um, for reasons that might become apparent. Um, there are definitely challenges uh, that you know come along with it. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, you have to be able to cast your spells, and you need to have mana that's... Uh, isn't expensive and if you know anything about magic if you've been playing for any amount of time you know that the most expensive thing you run into typically is lands and you know what's really boring to spend five ten dollars on a piece of land that does nothing more than a basic land that you picked up for free at your local game shop that you should support you know, one of my least favorite things that I'm seeing, it's a trend on the Twitter, and it's just another reason uh, that we should all abandon the hellscape known as social media altogether and go live in caves so it doesn't happen anymore, is the trend of posting baby's first dual land. Like, I finally... It, yeah, it's like this whole thing, man. There are people on Twitter who are like... And it's not like hashtag baby's first dual land, but that's very much the vibe is that like... That should be sweet. It, it should be the hashtag, but like this baby's first two land, a dual lane kind of vibe where it's like, you know, I finally achievement unlocked. I'm finally really, you know, real magic player. I got my trop and it's like, huh. cool. You spent, I, last I checked tropical Island was well over $350 for white border. Uh, and you spent $350 on a breeding pool. So, uh, mazel. But I hear you, that, that money that you spend on lands, is it just feels so bad sometimes. It does. And like, and if obviously, if you're somebody listening to this and it's you, you, you've done that, you know, hey, if you have the money and you're not making things bad for yourself, fin- making bad financial decisions, go nuts. You know, I, I'm not, not here, to, here to tell you you shouldn't. Uh, it's not something I'd personally do. But you know that's uh, yeah, that's that's me. Um, 
so so any so lands they're just dif- they're difficult like we said and the it's not that you can't find lands on a budget you can you can find if you are willing to play tapped lands the world is your oyster there let me tell you there are all kinds of options. Um, so something actually we were talking about right before we started recording, there's a website, which I think is kind of cool, uh, called managathering.com. And if you click around on that, it will show you every cycle of of land. So whether it's duels, tries, uh, lands that tap for all colors or multiple colors, um, it shows where they're legal, where they're not legal, if they've been created yet, if they have, you know, if the cycles are finished, if they're not finished, it's pretty cool. Um, and so, if you look on the, if you click on the thing that talks, it says uh, dual color. You, it's it's by far the largest section, and there are so many. There are gain lands. There are Strixhaven campuses. There are reveal lands. There are snow lands. There are MDFC. There are, I mean, you name it. But um, most of these, the better ones that come into play untapped and make multiple kinds of mana are going to be at least a couple bucks. That's going to be the floor. Probably two or three bucks, I'd say, on average, is the floor, and it goes up from there, often uh, precipitously, <laughs> rather quickly. Um, so so I guess, I guess my question for you guys is, do you guys have any experience building five color budget mana bases because I, I don't want to just sit here and just talk at y'all uh nobody nobody wants to hear that so i'm curious if you guys have any experience with this also so uh i have zero experience building five color on a budget but that's mainly because mm-hmm. when i got into building five color uh the cost of entry into said dual lands and expensive lands wasn't what it was today. It was prices of four yesteryears ago. Uh, so said, you know, plateau you could get for $70 or 60 bucks, not 250 like it is today. So, but the interesting thing that I saw is kind of like going through Scryfall and just using TCG player mid, there are 470 cards that are non-basic lands that are under a dollar. Um, yeah, and so I think that's one of the things that I'm seeing and that I'll talk about through the episode is the best way to do five color on a budget is actually to pick a tribe. Oh, um, for example, like Base Camp is a card that can add one man of any color, but you can only do it for Cleric, Rogue, Warrior, Wizards, or to activate one of those creature types uh, thing. So, like, that's an example. Another one is something called Asin Abbey where it's a filter land that you could pay either one, two, or two mana to produce white, blue, or green. Well, producing colorless is not an issue in five color. So if you need a filter land with lots of options, there's cards like that. And then if you even increase your budget slightly, there's 247 non-basics between a dollar penny up to five bucks. So I think a lot of us... And you could even kind of sense some of where your knowledge is even coming through, uh, Oob, where it's we think of five color and we immediately think breeding pool or like trop, like was Murphy's example. And I think if we, a lot of us take a step back, very much like the CEDH conversation of, oh, uh, Mana Crypt. Oh, that's a competitive deck. Ah, oh, I don't like you anymore. And it's like, well, it's. Is it competitive? Maybe it's not. Just like five color, like, oh, it must be expensive or you can't cash your spells on curve. And it's like, well, is it? Or maybe I just had to put in a little extra work to find these niche lands Mm -hmm. that can actually do it on a budget. 
For sure. Yeah. And there are, there are, like I said, there are a ton of different things and they range for, for budget. They range from, from very, very, very playable to just rancid. Let's just be honest. There are, there are some of these that are just, just rancid. There's not a better word for it. You look at the uh, Kamigawa, old, old Kamigawa lands. Do you guys remember these? I, like, I do. I, the art on these makes my yes. heart go boom, boom. The this is my first box I ever bought was Kamigawa. Lantern lit graveyard. I oh. would that that is such a cool like piece of art. And like I don't know if there is a bigger gulf between art that is just stellar and absolutely unplayable trash. Like it's so bad. Like you tap them if you tap them for if you dare to tap them for colors, it, they don't untap next turn. You're like, ha ha ha. It's it's awful. Um but there, like I said, there there are some really good ones. Um, there, so my personal favorite, um, just for my own personal experience, I love gates. Gates are some of my favorite things. Uh, I have had a Maze's End deck essentially since uh, Dragon's Maze, or really since I started playing Commander. I guess uh, I've had one for a very very long time, uh, and it's gone through multiple iterations at this point because it used to be Golos, Ripperoni. Um, and now it is Goshintai. And at one point, Murphy was there for this, actually. I was like, you know what? I'm going to build this deck, and it's going to be all coming to, comes into play tapped lands. That's only what it's going to be. And nope, 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 nope. I did that for a second, and I noped out of that so hard. I <laughs> it, was, it was miserable. I never had a problem making my colors, because I was playing all of the dual lands, but it was just brutal attempting to cast anything um so just even with that recent experience in mind man like i i I really do value uh lands that come into play untapped um and so yeah and there there are some decent ones of that uh the mdf lands is the Tango lands are an easy one to do. Most of those are between fifty cents and a couple bucks. Mm -hmm. The tango lands aren't bad. Yeah, the the commander reprint. Yeah, yeah. Basically, and that that's that's one of the things. One of the lessons of this is if land has been reprinted in a commander deck, it is probably less than a dollar. Yep. So they're like the filter lands, the ones there. It's they you can tap them, pay a colorless, and it makes two colors like red green or white blue or whatever. Like those have all been put in a bunch of commander decks, and so they're all cheap. The tango lands all have been put in commander decks, and so they're all cheap. Uh, the tri lands, so those ones don't come into play untapped but they do um they do tap for three colors instead of two you know most of those are pretty budget you know um and it's just and they're, they've all been in commander decks and so they're all cheap totally and i think i think part of this conversation too has to include the place of basic lands and five color building and this Absolutely. is going to be a blazing hot take but you have way more room for for basic lands in your five color deck than you think you do yeah, we've been spoiled with this idea that I should have access to like, I should, regardless of anything else, have access to all of my colors in any quantity I want at all times. And that's true, except that like even in really well built mana bases, when you're building four and five color, you'll still get screwed off a of color. Like that's just the nature of it, because you, unless you're running like a really pristine fetch shock dual mana base which is crazy expensive. It's really difficult to hit those, those colors. And I, you know, a while back I built a uh, Jorn God of winter 
snow land deck. Uh, Andrew and I think you, Mister Combo, you both have played against it, and it's it was fine. I took it apart, but I made a rule for myself with that deck. I only played basic lands. There were no duels. There were no fetch lands. Uh, there, I guess, there was an evolving wilds, um, which I found out buy list for a nickel for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh, but th- I can only think of a couple games where I didn't hit all of my colors in a reasonable amount of time. And what made the difference was having things come onto the battlefield untapped. And um, so we're not playing enough basics. And then there are also a subset of cards, especially if you go base green in five color that are budget that fix your mana. If you're playing a larger basic mana base, I'm thinking of um, cards like, um, oh my gosh. Uh, Farseek? Uh, f- uh, not like Farseek, although that's very good. I'm thinking even like a tune with the Aether. Mm, like, yeah, ones that bring them to hand? Yeah, it puts them in your hand, which on turn one in a five color deck, unless you're doing things with like soul ring or burgeoning or something like that on turn one, a tune fixes your mana. And it's actually a package with one of the better five color lands in the budget, um, in the budget range, which is Aether Hub. And so thinking about packages and those kind of cards that can fetch basics to your hand does a lot. And they turn on your reveal lands. Um, uh, I'm thinking of like Port Town was just reprinted in the vehicles Azorius Commander deck. That card is next to nothing right now. Uh, I believe you can get it. Um, the the highest non promo copy on TCG Player is 42 cents. Hmm. And that's the snarls too, right? Those are the snarls too. The snarls are incredibly inexpensive. They're a little bit pricier, right? Yeah, Strixhaven's still in standard, right? Yeah, I don't know what's in standard. Uh, but as soon as those cycle out of standard, those will be nickels. Like, because they're they're not, they can feel bad to play, but I've had really good experiences playing the Snarls and the, like the reveal land cycle from Shadows and, and Strixhaven. Yeah, my hope was that the, the snow, the, the snow, the slow lands uh, from the new Anastrad set were going to end up being budget. But this is also a piece of it, is if you were to, if you were to look at any set on EDHREC, you can, you can go to the set, set tab and you click it and you can click on a set and um, you can see what are the most popular card cards in that set. And almost always, if there's a decent dual set, if it's decent, you're they're going to be the top five 100% of the time. Um, so all of this to say, uh, basics are great. Um, comes into play, tap lands are fine. You just have to be willing and accept like, hey, I'm going to be behind. Just don't play a million of them. Play play some, just not all of them. Yeah, I'd agree. And I, I think we'll we'll see as we get into the legends, kind of like what I alluded to, is you know, outside of just play more basics and get more creative, is you know, if you go to a tribe, like I'm looking at like Auntie's Hovel right now, and it's just like if you reveal a goblin, it can come into play untapped and it taps for Actos. So um, there are little niche cards like this out there that may be on a budget, may not be on a budget. You just kind of need to do the research yourself. Don't be a lazy deck builder like a lot of us have become and just immediately go to what are the shock lands? What are the dual lands? What are the fetch lands? I need those 30 cards to start my land and then command tower. Uh, hold on. I, I could go, I could do this off the top of my head. We'll go command tower. We'll go forbidden orchard. We'll go exotic orchard. We'll go... Uh, um, 
uh, City yeah. of Brass. Mana Confluence. Mana Confluence. There we go. We just built a perfect five-color deck. Like, no, you don't need a $5,000 mana base. You could probably get the same efficiency out of a $15 mana base with a bunch of strategic non-basics that fit your deck. Guess guess how much Anti's Hovel is. I just, I, just, I just want you to guess. Well, now that you're making me guess, I'm going to assume it's like $8 or something stupid. $20. Oh my gosh. It's such a bad <laughs> Thanks, card. Modern. Thank you, Modern. <laughs> Goblins has been an archetype for a while, and Auntie's Hovel fixes your mana for your munitions expert. The, fine, only, one of the, the only one of those that's under $5 is the giant one, which has been reprinted in multiple commander decks. Really? The Even one. the fairy one is over $5. Secluded yep. Glen. Yep. Wow. More than five bucks. Well, with that said, guys, uh, if you have any money left over, let's hear about the CMD Tower store. Hey there, Collective. Do you need a new playmat? Do you need some sleeves? Have you been forgetting your upkeep triggers? Well, be sure to head over to cmdtower.com slash merch and be able to pick up all the great swag made for you guys. It could be the Mr. Comma Number 5 reminder token. It could be... The Squee McGee get up and fight coin, or heck, even our foil playmat or Jund holiday sweaters. All of it's there. Go check it out. All right. Well, uh, we just heard about the general five color kind of holistic archetype. Let's kind of talk about a legend needed for said helm deck. Murphus, what kind of legendary spoke to you for helming this five color budget deck if someone's actually going to go on this adventure? Well, um, I was torn. So as uh, friends listening, we as we chatted and we looked at the five color legends available, the question that came to my mind is, what do we mean by budget? And uh, a few months ago, I did a Twitter poll that got a lot of traction. I don't understand how. Uh, but what we found is budget means a lot of different things to a lot of people. Uh, but generally for a legend... Uh, I know, Andrew, when you were writing articles over on EDH Rec, you landed on under $5 in order to uh, try and find things that were interesting to build. Mm-hmm. And as you look at five color, as you look at five color commanders, uh, a lot of them are actually pretty inexpensive. Um, you have some pricey ones. You have your Sliver Overlords. You have your Ramos. Ur-Dragon. Uh, Ur-Dragon. <laughs> Which is somehow Ur-Dragon is $60. Uh, don't know how that happened. Somehow Child of Alara is $15. Uh, in what world is Child of Alara $15? Five-color yeah, board white tribal. I guess. Um, but there are plenty of options that are lower. Um, I ended up picking a mystery commander. And my commander, in my hope, friends, is for us to play a guessing game. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so this this legend uh, has some pretty narrow restrictions. Oh, I'm, I already know who it is. Calling it. We didn't trade notes before. Murphus did say precast. I want to play a guessing game. He sounded a little bit like uh, Jigsaw. I was a little concerned, <laughs> but knowing what we're talking about and hearing <laughs> intro music. I have what it is in my head. I'm going to give Oob a chance to guess, though, with these clues. 
I really think you're okay. Give us some clues. Yeah, give us clues. So one is it has a pretty narrow restriction. Okay. Um, next one is it cares about a card type, not a tribe. Interesting. Okay, that takes mine out. Uh, and it costs less mana than the average five color commander. Okay. I don't want to spoil this for everyone listening. So at home, take your guesses. We'll give you five seconds. I am going to hit enter into our private chat because I'm 99% sure that's who you picked. <laughs> uh, if uh, you guys at home haven't guessed yet, well, that's on you. Uh, Oob, who did you and I guess? Cody Vociferous Codex. There is it, it is. Cody. Oh, yeah. Cody, Cody are. Uh, helpful, terrifying little book of a commander is who I picked. The restrictions just uh, sung a heart song deep in my soul. <laughs> who needs permanence? Who needs permanence? That ain't that the truth. So why did you choose Cody for five color budget tribal? Like, do you think the four, do you think it's activated ability? Like, gets around some of the downsides of doing budget with so many colors? Yeah, so I think that's a piece of it, right? Like you can pay for, uh, Cody says you cannot cast permanence. So womp womp. Uh, and you can pay for and tap it to add uh, Wooberg to your mana pool. So like in and of itself, it fixes your mana, but it does have that restriction. Uh, however, what made me pick this was twofold. One, this card costs a quarter. Like this is this is a, the king or yeah, the the king of budget budgety commanders in five color, uh, and the second thing is it only costs three mana to cast, and to yeah, me that's, that's a really big deal. Like on curve, you can cast Cody, and then the next turn, activate play it. a land drop, activate it, and actually get its ability. So I think that curve really helps kind of shape what the rest of the deck can and should do. I actually really like that. Uh, Oob, I'm curious your thoughts since you wrote budget articles for so long. Mm -hmm. Is there something to be said about Cody being three colorless to cast? So on curve, turn three, you cast it. Turn four, it's activated ability is colorless and on curve. And like Murph has talked about, it gives you Wooberg. Like, is this just like the creme de la creme, like secret tech of budget five color decks? As long as you want to be in that specific uh, niche of decks, spell slinging, absolutely. I think it's I think it's very very good, uh, and I think it's an interesting restriction actually. And honestly, most of the time, I don't super love the um, the thing where like uh, like Golos, for example, was colorless. Uh, and you know, then had a five color activation. I do think that 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 legends should five color legends should be difficult to cast because there's so much power that comes with it. You have access to everything, right? Yeah. But I think that Cody gets around that because he, they're restrictive, and so it makes it still interesting. And so yeah, so that, that so it's kind of, so you can have whatever color of mana, no matter if if you hit all of your mountains and you're like god i have green spells in my hand what the hell am i gonna do like yeah cool you just play your mountains play cody and then you know next turn you get to make what you get to filter your colors into whatever you want basically and that's amazing and so yeah cody's great i love cody 
And it is worth noting uh, for everyone at home, the restriction is while it is on the battlefield, you can't cast permanent spells. That does not mean that you can't have permanent spells in your deck. That's true. And I think think that's been some of the weirdness with Cody is when people talk about it, they talk about like, oh, I can't have any permanents that aren't lands in my deck. And it's like, I don't know where you're getting that from, but it's certainly not from reading the card. So uh, not to sound too much too facetious but you know here we are so who did, who did you guys pick so the one that i went with um and i went for it went with this option for very different reasons than yours so i went with horde of notions um for a variety of reasons uh so this guy though is cost wooberg so you need one of each color to cast it uh it's a five five so it's quote unquote on curve it does have vigilance trample and haste so you do get three relevant effects and Fu uh, activated cost Wooberg. It doesn't have a tap effect. It doesn't have any uh, timing restrictions, no limit restrictions. You may cast a target elemental card from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. So the reason I actually went down this route is I think we can all agree when you think elemental tribal, usually think of om nom 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 nom. Um, and when you think of om nom 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 nom, uh, you become you get a lot more narrower of a color pie. And so uh, in Omnath, and I'm going to probably limit this to two and three color Omnaths. I don't see a ton of four color out there in the commander world. I know we initially did when the set came out, but I think that was more of a standard type thing. Maybe a pioneer Uh, commander. It's mainly the two and the three color. The staples for those are going to be very expensive. But what that's going to do is that's going to leave out, what would that be, black and blue or white? Black and white, if you're playing the white. same color. <laughs> yeah. So black and white is going to have still a bunch of elemental options for you. So, And they're not being pursued by the commander community because we don't really have a elemental tribal legend that's super, super popular. So you're going to be able to get a ton there. But then from an actual deck construction perspective i think there could be this cool way of almost using horde of <laughs> and doing different like mill effects and your deck and using your graveyard as a second hand and being able to take these very expensive elemental cards that you know sometimes could be six seven eight nine mana now you're just paying five so kind of like how cody you put in four, you get an extra mana out of it. This is kind of also along those same lines of you put in your five, but you're maybe getting a one, two, three, or maybe even four discount. So those were a few of the areas that I kind of went to. Other things to kind of mention, um, there's only a thousand decks of it. So I always think playing a budget deck, you want a commander that's not very threatening because inherently you're... uh, responses are going to be a little bit slower maybe an extra mana or maybe at sorcery speed because that's just how budget works um from a card selection there's 438 cards under a dollar with the elemental subtype and then there's 78 cards between a dollar penny to five dollars so you have over 500 cards to pick from that are five bucks or less uh for a elemental deck what are you guys thoughts i like elementals uh i think they're interesting um 
man, horde notion is God. He's like keyword soup, vigilance, trample, haste. Imagine if it was printed today. It would have <laughs> it would have like Stop it. protection Stop it. from everything flying. Wait, wait, you mean you mean it would just be Kindreth, right? It'd be it'd be questing beast, but with five colors. Oh, there you go. Hilarious. Anyways, no, I I like it. I think the activatability is pretty cool. Um you're gonna have to work for it to make it, I think, worth it, which I think is fun. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I like this pick a lot. I think elementals as a tribe are underutilized because even when you see the Omnath decks in the wild, even the ones that care about elementals, they're not elemental tribal decks. It's tokens mainly, it's, right? It's tokens or yeah. like actually the teamer the teamer Omnath is like a, maybe not like a CEDH ranked commander, but it does CEDH things. Mm. Um in drawing cards when you play lands and all that kind of stuff. The card I, actually, I love. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. The card I love the most though. And this is outside of like our budget range that we're talking today is slither muse, which comes in mm-hmm. at a whopping 99 cents and slither muse. Ha- I have gotten got by slither muse so many times. Got, 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 got <laughs> slither muse. Slither muse costs four mana for a three, three and has evoke for four. But when it leaves play, choose an opponent if that player has more cards in hand than you draw cards equal to the difference oh that's that amazing gas and a half for 99 cents and so it's it's things like that that you don't think of that make me really love this pick hmm. sweet so i actually wrote an article about this commander which is kind oh, of really fun. yeah so this was it was like i think one of the only five color ones i ever wrote back in october 29th 2018 i wrote and it was horde of notions and it was a maze's end charms deck because of course (laughs) because of course it was why wouldn't it have been oh my gosh and because of how i oh this is funny so because of how i had had to like write the article i had to do screenshots of cards with their prices so tatiova was a budget inclusion what at a a quarter so that's no Yep, no. yep, absolutely. And there are a couple other ones that were like, oh, those those probably aren't right. But oh, I just thought that was funny. I was like, oh yeah, Tatsu was oh. great in this deck, in this budget deck. So people people read those still to be oh, it's it's funny. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, that's uh, elementals are great. Yeah, Tatiova went up uh one thousand percent if anyone was curious. It's God. now almost two fifty. Yeah, exactly. I ah. wow. Well, uh, Oob, why don't you round out the panel? What was the five-color legend you picked, and why did you think that was the path to go down for five-color budgets in today's world? Because clearly we can't go off of 2018. Absolutely. So I like to build weird things. I don't know if anybody knows me. That's I I, I want to build things that are a little off-kilter. And uh, I looked at the most of the really budget five-color decks, it seemed like, are like weird niche tribes like allies scarecrows elementals um or they're expensive (laughs) (laughs) dragons for the most well dragons are super expensive right um and then there's just a bunch of and slivers are crazy expensive not that i'd ever want to play a sliver deck no thank you um but what i do do think was cool and this is actually a shout out the person who inspired this deck uh, is one of the guys from our play group he's newish to magic brock um he played a corona false god deck and uh so corona is just under five bucks but here's the thing if you're gonna spend five bucks on a card have it be the commander the card that you are literally have access to at all times 
Like, you will always get to play that card whenever you open the deck up. You know, I've had cards that I've spent, you know, five, six bucks on, and I've still never drawn them. Like, they are, they they exist in my deck, I guess, maybe, I don't know. Like, I couldn't tell you, because I only ever see it when I shuffle through to make sure that it hasn't, like, disappeared into the void. Um, but your, <laughs> your commander, you will 100% always at least have the op- opportunity to play. And so, Corona, so, so anyways, this deck... Um, it is built around it's kind of a like he built it as like a group hug and then he wants to make a bunch of copies of corona so corona reads it's six color it's six uh, one in one of each color it's a legend it's a haste it has haste at the beginning of each player's upkeep that player untaps corona false god and gains control of it whenever corona attacks creatures of the chosen type of the type of your, your choice gets plus 3 plus 3 until in turn so you get to pass it around like beach ball at a Nickelback concert, just rolling around the table, pumping everybody's creatures and just just smashing into people, right? And it's it's so much fun. And so if you can make copies of it, like with stuff like Double Major, or if you have Mirror Box, uh, that that like let's say allows you to ignore the Legends rule, you can make a bunch of clones or copies of Corona, and then. Not, you're not passing around one corona, you're passing around two or three or four, and then they're all pumping each other. And it's yeah, because it's worth noting that she, her, uh, her uh, gatherer text or whatever, she is a legendary creature avatar. Yeah, so, so you're just you epic can avatar. Name avatar. <laughs> and so it's great. Um, and so our friend, he took it in more of a besides that piece of it, he took it more in a group hug direction. I would take it in more of a forced combat. Uh, direction <laughs> and so they, you can actually go to EDH rack and you can click there's one of the themes is forced combat you click that and you can find all of the goady ridiculous shenanigans are like cool I'm passing this commander around but y'all are going to have to attack people who aren't me so it, it's it's so much fun I, I love I love it it's great that sounds awful to play against and it sounds amazing to play with Yes, I would love to helm that deck. I would hate to be one of <laughs> players two through four uh, in that pod. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think I, so. I think part of what I really enjoy about this pick is that there's not a clear. Um, s- some decks are pre-built, like they, the pr- kind of the pre-con effect of the way they're printing commanders now is the commander is built to do the thing the commander says it's supposed to do. If you build a sliver hive lord deck, there's one way to build it. It's to make all of your things slivers and to have them have indestructible. Corona just wants to spread the love. She just wants to spread the love everywhere. She wants to spread the love around the table. And so there's, I love that there's so much variability in what you can do with this and opens up probably some really weird cards that like you will not see at the table otherwise. For sure. So I guess my question is, is Andrew, if you ended up building this, Every time you pass Corona to the next player, do you go, I Corona? And then you start singing that like super obnoxious song, like, da, 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 da. You hope that you're at somebody's house and that they have like a stand up bass or like an electric bass. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that would be a perfect way. And, you know, then they can't attack you. And even though they want to, they want to so badly, they want to smash your face in and they're not allowed. They, to. they want to stop the I Corona as much as possible, but they can't. Exactly. So yeah, that's my deck. Well, that's awesome. Well, uh, let's go hear a little bit about our awesome patron community before we head to our last segment. 
Do you like CMD Tower content? Do you wish you could have more of it? Well, you should head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. That's where we really lean on the community for help and running our channel, but also giving back to you as well. So for just literally a buck a month, you can join and get tons of soft value, opportunities to be on the show, interact with the collective in our very lively chat. And then for even just five, 15 or 25 bucks, you're gonna get swag. You're gonna get RK post tokens. Really, it's one of the best values out there. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. All right. Well, uh, we're on to one of my favorite sections, uh, the penny, the nickel, the dime, the quarter. Please don't sue us. Uh, this is where we are going to take the legend that we have just talked about and kind of talk about cards that are, you can tell, under a penny, under a nickel, under a dime, and under a quarter um, that you know we feel like could really bring this home. So... I'm going to start this off with my horde of notions and I got some very, I think cute cards and I'll be very curious if my logic behind why the card meshes with someone who legitimately writes about budget decks uh, for, I guess you would call it a living or a hobby (laughs) hobby. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for my under penny, and this is right at a penny earth cult, Elemental. I think this card's amazing for a budget deck. Earth Four colorless, red, red, creature elemental. It's a 6-6. Six, six. So we're on curve, 6 for 6. And it has Siege Monster. Yes, this is a stupid card from a forgetting, uh, Forgotten of the Lost Realm, where every basic effect has a special name. So when it ETBs, you roll a D20. 1 through 9, each player sacks a permanent. 10 through 19, each opponent sacrifices a permanent. 20, each opponent sacrifices two permanents. I looked at this uh, in a few different lights. One, I think there's going to be a reoccurring theme in this elemental budget deck with ETB effects. So as many as we can get of those, that's going to be better. Uh, Something I really like about this is that it is a permanent. It doesn't force them into a creature or an enchantment. Sometimes you can miss on your opponents when you're trying to do quote-unquote removal because maybe they don't have one of the things a la... Uh, I always forget that gruel card that you need a legal target for enchantment artifact. Basic decimate, or, decimate, yep. decimate. Yeah, that's the one that always gets people like, wait, is uh, I have to target one of my own crap. OK, so at least this gets around it. And I look at it this way. Half class full. You pay five. You make your opponent sacrifice three permanents and Earth Cult goes back into the graveyard. Or if you go 10 through 20, you paid five, got a six, six and all of your opponents lost a thing. Oob, am I hitting the right notes of what it means to be budget and trying to be efficient? I feel like this, at its at its worst, is a giant six six for six. Oh, uh, what's what's the um, fleshback marauder? Oh, there you Box. go. Like a little bit. I mean, obviously, I can pick any permanent, but yeah. It's it's downside in this deck isn't isn't really a downside. Sure, you'd maybe rather be able to attack somebody with a six six and then have, eventually have to have them kill it honestly. But yeah, if it you do have to sacrifice something, oh, you sacrifice this so you can bring it back again. <laughs> like and hope yep. that your luck's better this next time. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. That's I, I've never seen this card in my life, so this is super cool. <laughs> 
I played the hell out of this card on Arena in like the AFR drafts or whatever. Oh, how to do? It's it slaps. Like it's, it's okay. It's I wouldn't call it like the best common in the set or anything close to that. But uh, when you crit, when you roll that twenty, it just you feel like the <laughs> clouds have parted and the sun is shining and there's a little smiley face on the sun shining down. You kind of like Teletubby sort of stuff. And it's just this really warm feeling uh, as they sacrifice two permanents that are likely meaningful at that point in the game. So you love to see it. That's fair. Well, my nickel made it by a penny at four cents, and it's by far the cheapest copy of this card you can get. I think Flame Ken Zealot is also an amazing budget card for an elemental deck. Colorless, red, red, white. It's an elemental berserker. It's a 2-2. But when it ETBs, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain haste until end of turn. Are you kidding me? Uh, Like, okay, it's best day. You just cast it from your hand for four, and then everything gets haste and plus one, plus one. Or I bring it back from my graveyard for five. It's almost just kind of like having an anger that I can activate for five at any given moment. You know what? I think I got enough, you know, because I believe there'll probably be a token sub theme in here. There are a lot of ways to make cheap one one, you know, elemental uh, tokens that, you know, are just one ones. So maybe this could do a little something there. But once again, am I hitting the notes of efficient, cheap value that's actually impactful? I think so. Um, I think one thing you, that, like we talked a little bit about with the the lands earlier. Um, one thing that I, we didn't really get to chat about because uh, I got got chatting about Kamigawa art, I guess, um, is is that you really have to make sure uh, you can't be too greedy on a budget with your pips. Yeah. Right. And so I think most like partially because it's sort of notions and because there are a lot of things that say oh the, you can make any color to cast elemental spells or you're bringing stuff from the graveyard back um you know you can get away with it but you really do have to be careful with five colors not to have you know you're not going to be throwing ultimatums in there on a budget mana base no no, uh, no, no. Um, you know where it's like oh i have to have seven exact pips like that's miserable uh but this it, it, this is yeah i totally think this this is great yeah i i like this a lot uh i think this strikes me as a win con kind of card right like mm-hmm. every deck needs a way to close and combat is the way that an elementals deck is ultimately going to close unless you combo out somehow uh fun yeah. fact i believe this is a manalus dredge card is it yeah, it, it turns all of your Bridge from Below tokens into 3-3 three, three hasty boys so you can slam into the slam into the red zone. So just uh, the more you know. <laughs> well, moving on to the Dime card. This is just a good value engine, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but it literally comes in at $0.10. Cents. Uh, its most expensive copy is $1.08. Uh, we're talking Flicker Wisp. I think this is a slam dunk in this ETB elemental tribal budget deck. Colorless, white, white. I hear you on the pips. Uh, it's a 3-1. It has flying, which, you know, also could be good. Uh, flyers in budget or draft tend to be the haymakers, uh, tend to really shift games left or right. But when this ETBs, exile another target permanent and then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. I really, really like that to be able to flicker any of our really solid ETB creatures. You know, maybe we didn't get the Earth Cut, uh, Earth Cult Elemental 
sacrifice we wanted. Hey, I'll flicker you in and out for three or for five from the graveyard. Let's try it again. Let, let's see what we can do. Um, I think this will just be a very good utility creature in the deck. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I love uh, it. Yeah, no, no complaints here. Sweet. Well, the last one, this is the big monies, the quota. Uh, and of course, between the time I made my show notes and today it's now 26 cents. I do not care. Uh, this card is going to be the glue for the five-color deck. Uh, Yarshan, Implacable Earth. Two-colorless, Silencia, green-white. It's an elemental bore. It's a 4-4. When it ETBs, you get to tutor a basic force and a basic planes. Bring them to hand. Um, and then also, players can't pay life or sacrifice non-land permanents to cast spells or activate abilities. I think this is just an amazing card for the deck to be able to flicker you sacrifice it, cast it from the graveyard, get as many ETB effects as we can to get every single basic forest and basic planes out of our deck. We may only have three of each or four of each. That's okay. This card will pay bounties, even if it could just do it once or twice. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that's great. I love it. Yep. I'm I'm no. all in on your Sharn. No, awesome. no pushback. That card is, yeah, it's very, very, it, it's, it hoses a surprising number of things. <laughs> it really does. Like there have been times I've faced down on Yashar and I'm like, I go to uh oh. Oh, it does what? 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 <laughs> yeah, it's great. Well, uh Murphus, I'm very curious. What are your penny nickel dime quarter picks for Cody Viscerifus Cortex? Vortex? Vociferous Codex. Codex. Yeah, my my Vociferous boy. So uh, we're going to have guessing game part two here. Deal. I, as I go through these, I want you guys to be thinking and, and audience at home, you think too. What is the secret commander? What is the secret commander in this Cody Vesiferous Codex deck? Everything I think of is well above budget. Uh, it's because you do not dream. You do not have the uh, imagination. It's going it, to, it, I hope this is what it is. I uh, no it can't, no it can't be that I was gonna say Karkash because you could copy you could copy its ability but it's a mana ability yeah it's it's a mana ability so uh, a secret commander secret theme there is something about this deck that anchors it and so it is your job detectives figure out the penny card uh, for this one is devious cover up devious Surveil. cover up no so this is. Uh, Coming in at a uh, penny from Innistrad Midnight Hunt, this is two blue-blue for an instant counter-target spell. And if that spell is countered, exile it. You may shuffle up to four target cards from your graveyard into your library. Huh. Is this is this a Cascade deck? Well, that that is the nickel. We're, we're going <laughs> to talk about my nickel card next. So, uh, Is this uh, like a Fibblethip deck? Is he like the secret commander in the 99? I I love where our heads are at. Um, so uh, so this card is, to just give a brief explanation, this card is interaction. It, it helps uh, protect Cody when they're out. Um, now, double blue pip isn't the easiest thing in the world, but in my imagination, this deck is base blue-green. Um, in terms of like interacting and drawing cards plus mana fixing. So that's kind of how I've constructed this theoretical mana base as well. Um, so devious cover up. Um, have you, have you guys played against this card before? 
No, because it's probably a four mana instant counter spell. That's probably why. I think uh, I've seen it on Arena where people were like basically like doing some kind of blue white control deck where it's like, hey, I'm never gonna run out of cards, so I'll get you eventually. And I Yeah, you loop devious cover-ups and stuff. That was miserable, if I it's can terrible. be very honest. Um so nickel. My nickel card is only a nickel because it was printed reprinted in an AFR commander deck. Nice. And that is Bituminous Blast. Bituminous Blast that's is the red black one, right? That's the red black one. Three red black uh instant cascade, and it deals four damage to target creature. Cascade. Blast. Okay. Huh. So there's cascade shenanigans, and we want to take stuff out of our graveyard and put it back in our library. And I put this in here because, again, interaction. I love playing on the stack. I love being able to interact on other people's turns. Um, it's interesting to note that you can actually play Bitmus Blast on curve after you resolve Cody. Because you play your land, you pass the turn, you cast Bitmus Blast by activating Cody's ability, which actually nets you a mana. So you can play this five mana spell on turn four with Cody out. Oh, yeah. So... Um, Huh. Letting you letting you skip a mana. So bitmus blast at a at a hard nickel. Well, what, and what what's this dime? Because I'm still drawing a blank on what your secret tech or commander is. Okay. Well, my dime is actually coming in at six cents. Uh, a hot six cents, and this Show is off. a sorcery, um, printed in Avison Restored and Iconic Masters. Both both printings are the same six cents. Amass the components. Amass the components is three and a blue for a sorcery. It says draw three cards and put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library. Okay, so it's bottom... Well, it's not Grinzo, because that's creatures. Yeah, and, and uh, Secret Commander, uh, again, Secret Commander or Secret Theme. There's something about this deck that it's trying to do. So it may not be a creature. The secret commander may not be a creature. Hmm. It's a theme. Huh. Okay. It's a theme. All right. Uh, but this this is card filtering. fills your hand back up. It is a sorcery, so it plays with Cody's restrictions and stuff. And it is something that you can actually play on curve after you play Cody as well. So cool. I, I like that. Um, and then my quarter coming in at a hot 20 cents. Is this is this the secret tech? Is this going to give it away? This might give it away. I'm curious if you guys will be able to get it. This card is called Dream Pillager. That five, is a dragon. 5RR creature dragon flying. Whenever Dream Pillager deals combat damage to a player, exile that many cards from the top of your library until end of until end of turn you may cast cards or spells from among those exiled cards. So this is just a big threat. Um, that can gain card advantage. It's, and, it, uh, and you cannot play it with Cody on the battlefield. Right. But you can't, it can be, you can do something with it from the graveyard, right? Yeah. In theory, I guess you could, I guess you could like raise dead. Beacon of Unrested or, yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought they had some ability that you could like do something from, that, from the graveyard with it. I mean, I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm drawing a blank. So the secret theme coming in at, uh, uh, just uh, just over a couple bucks. Um, you can actually uh, get it for pretty. You can find it for under a dollar. Uh, in some places is Dragon's Approach. Oh, it's under a dollar now. You can find it for under a dollar. 
Um, I have a dragon. The average price is two twenty four. So this this will eat up a lot of a budget. I think of budget decks as under a hundred dollars, so less than a dollar per card average. So this is okay. eating up a lot of slots. But there are so this deck is looking to use cards like Devious Cover Up and Bitmus Blast to cast Dragon's Approaches off the top with Cody's ability huh. and Turbo Out Dragon's Approaches that then put. Things like Dream Pillager, things like a Tarka World Render onto the battlefield and circumvent. <laughs> wow! Circumvent this Cody's is, restriction. This is sweaty. It's so good. <laughs> I love it a lot. Is, is it hot in here? Or is it just me? That's hilarious. What in the I, world? I very well may build this deck. I don't know. I, I, I. It was like a one of the a Reddit rabbit hole today. Is guy the vibe like? Punched over my desk, like, uh, uh, what can I do with this? Uh. <laughs> so that's that's my budget, Cody. Uh, pitch. What are your thoughts, man? Uh, I mean, I, I I guess here's where I would go. Um, I guess it depends on what dragons you're probably bringing in, because like I I understand your budget, hundred dollars. So it's like, okay, I guess you would probably have what thirty dragons approaches in the deck. Is that the number? You don't actually need that many with Cody, which is the best part. You need maybe 12, maybe 15 in order okay. to hit that because you're whenever you're casting an instant sorcery, you're just milling through the top of your deck and hitting one of those. You have nothing less than three mana. Oh, so that that's the part that okay, cool. That's what I was gonna ask. Is like, so there's nothing be less than three in this. No instant or sorceries less than three mana. So Cody will always hit a dragon's approach interesting that's clever okay okay so that's like an old living end sort of trick like it, it feels a lot like living end and so you're not cheap like there aren't a ton of dragons where you're like i'm gonna get you with this crazy power. like you're not <laughs> you're not putting ur dragon into play you know what i mean you're putting things like black dragon or uh elder gold dragon or young gold dragon or whatever that card is from afr you're putting in like four threes with haste and that kind of thing and just beating <laughs> down um and using cards like a tarka which is surprisingly inexpensive less than less than 25 cents for a tarka world render to like give everything double strike how about now are are you just using dragon's approach just to get that that one dragon that you just talked to us about because i mean you do have to exile the dragon's approaches when you do their effect Right, totally. So, like, this is a little... So, you're not just getting one dragon. You might have two or three targets in the deck. And so, you maybe want 18 of these oh, dragons okay. approaches so you can hit a few. You're not looking for a lot of dragons. You're looking for a few really good ones. And I say good in air quotes because uh, at a budget, there aren't a lot of good dragons. Well, can man, I, this... Go this ahead, might have to be a Murphy's, uh, a Murphy's chop shop uh, in the future because I feel like we could spend another 15, 20 minutes talking about this. Um, but we need to get moving. But Oob, last thought on this ridiculous Cody Dragon's approach let, let, nonsense that we're yes. not going to get sleep tonight because we're going to be thinking about this all night. Let me sell you on it real quick. Um, I have just a couple words. Wipe ordered. Chronicles original elder dragons those are all super budget let's I, go i i hear you i hear you and i see you 
I, I understand where this is coming from. I don't know who hurt you, but you you don't have to play bad elder dragons in Elder Dragon Highlander. <laughs> that, that was all I got. That's all I got. Okay. Well, uh, Oob, why don't we round out the episode here at the Budget yeah. Shop with your Corona the False God. What's your penny nickel dime quarter picks? Yep. So my penny is, um, it's a, an uncommon from Kaldheim. So you probably can find these very, very easily. It's a Path to the World Tree. Uh, I love this card a lot, actually. It's a two mana, one and a green for an enchantment. When it Path to the World Tree enters the battlefield, you search your library for a basic land and reveal it and put it into your hand and shuffle your library. Um, that's important because typically if you're uh, doing five colors on a budget, you're going to be more green heavy because green is going to allow you to uh, do the things to find the colors that you need. Um, so this also has a little mini ultimatum, which is my favorite part of the card. You pay two, and in one of each color, you sacrifice Path to the World Tree, you gain two life, and draw two cards, and then an opponent loses two life, Path to the World Tree does two damage to one creature, and then you create a 2-2 bear. <laughs> so <laughs> if you have nothing else to do it draws you some cards it gains you a little life it does like a little bit of everything it's great um so i like this card like i said part it just it's kind of mana fixing um that also later on um can have a decent level of effect yeah i i mean i'm all for cards that essentially this is like a worse version of um farseek but at least it gives you something later in the game to work off of. You know, it, it always feels bad. And that's why I've always been a big anti-burst card draw. Because I hate just wasting a card, spent four mana, maybe got two cards. Um, it's like, let me do more with that resource that I put into it. So I love that if it's turn seven and you got shit all to do, ah, I guess I'll just pay seven and sack this guy and do a bunch of random bear-related things. Exactly. It's perfect. About you, Murphy, anything? Any um, I, I like this card. This feels like a very Andrew card. Um, do not sleep on a tutu bear. Um, <laughs> just everything I know you. about magic is that bear's going to get you. So it's instant speed, baby. Instant, instant speed. speed bear. Bear with flash. I believe bear with flash is Snapcaster Mage. Is Path of the World Tree <laughs> better than Snapcaster Mage? Stay tuned. Okay, so Gee. for my... Uh, my nickel um, is Orzov Advocist. Um, it is a oh, I love this card. Yeah, three mana, two and a white for a creature human advisor. At the beginning of your upkeep, each player may put two plus one plus one counters on a on a creature they control. If a player does, creatures that players player controls can't attack you or a planeswalker so you control until your next turn. So you get That's to so put mean. you get to put counters on yourself. So you're going to put counters on your Corona. And so they're just going to keep the party going as you're passing her to the left. It's going to be great. Um, they're getting bigger. The Corona will not be able to attack you because it's creatures <laughs> that player controls can't attack. So it doesn't matter if like they have haste creatures come in. It's just creatures that players control. So it's not like you're not targeting their creatures. You know, it's your card targeting a player. And then it's like it the player affects the creatures. So if they decide to get counters, they yeah. get bigger then they can't attack you. They got to attack each other. It's great. Yeah, I, I run this card. Uh, it's bananas. I do want to point out in the art, I've never seen the art blown up so much. The little minion next to the advocate, it's doing like a frump face. Like, it's just like curling up. It's like bottom lip and it's like almost going over its mass. Just, mm. 
It's like what I imagine, like that old, the old man neighbor, like when you're a kid growing up and someone's like, do you remember the old man that lived next door to you? Like, that's the kind of face that comes back to you as an adult, like some frumpy, scrunched up old man. It's that guy. Yeah, I I totally see it. Just the harumph kind of of feel. Um, I like this card a lot. I like how it synergizes with Corona and actually like it incentivizes incentivizes sharing the love, which is the only way that Corona is going to work for you and not kill you for casting it. Um, And people underestimate the power of two plus one plus one counters often. I've seen it happen a number of times. So I like this a lot. Okay. Well, for my dime um, question, do you, either of you play explore? Uh, A little bit, a little bit. Explore's fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all right. So what if I told you you could get Explore Plus for just a single mana more and for 10 cents? Um, this, this feels like a scam, like when your insurance company calls you and it's like, hey, I know you're on Standard, but you know Standard Plus is only like the cost of a cup of coffee a day. Um, so what are you true. trying to pillage over here? Uh, I'm trying to uh, do a Zendikar Rising Common uh, Scale the Heights. It is a three mana, two and a green sorcery. You get to put a plus one, plus one counter on up to one target creature. You gain two life. You get to play an additional land, and you draw a card. And so I, I just think it's great. It, it, it grows your corona. Yeah. It allows you to play additional lands, which if you're having to... One one real good way to get around the um, downside of interplay ETB tapped lands is playing additional lands. It's because it feels less bad. Typically, especially early, <laughs> if you're playing an additional land, it's like, oh, I wasn't unless you have like a soul ring or something, like, oh, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna use it. So whatever, it's just coming in and I just have it. And so uh I think it's great. And then drawing a card is never bad, just replaces itself. It I think it's a great card. Yeah, I, I yeah, like this I've, card a lot. I th- I think the life gain isn't isn't nothing in nope. this kind of yeah. deck where you're forcing combat. You have to have some kind of catch up mechanics so that other people are lower than you. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I would play it without the life gain. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Like that's the smallest <laughs> piece of it. Well, fine. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think it's good, and I think what's nice about these types of cards, Oob, is the way that Watsi worded them. Because let's be honest, they could have totally worded it as in you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield and then draw a card. So at least they gave it as like the static effect of you can play an additional land this turn. Then you get to draw, figure out, hey, did I did I get maybe a better land to put down? Do I have other ways to draw cards to maybe do a you know a better situation? Um, just you know, wizards, we don't we don't give you flowers enough. Way to do a very simple thing. Well, I'm proud of you. Agreed. <laughs> so my quarter, I think this might be the only deck I'd ever play this card in, which is sad because I love this card. And I don't know where else I would put it. Um, it's probably the the rare you'd be saddest to open out of Kamigawa. Any guesses? Uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Neon Dynasty Kamigawa. If you open this rare, if it's if I mean I'm sure if it's you know uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, I think probably okay, but. Other than I that, I know what you're talking about. I've, I've seen a bunch of people pissed because they've gotten that as like their like chase rare out of like eight packs in a row. Is it like a mono red card? It is not. It is has red in it though. Oh, okay. Is red it... white X. <gasps> oh, uh, it's samurai. 
making, yes, the samurai. making the samurai uh, siege, siege of a ganjo. A ganjo uprising. It is white and X. You create X 2-2 white samurai creature tokens with vigilance. They gain menace and haste until end of turn. And then each opponent creates X minus 1 2-2 white samurai creatures. Do you know what you can do with Corona? You can pick samurai. It's so good. <laughs> just, just make them huge. Give them menace. Give them haste. They're now five fives. They got vigilance, and you're just like you're just taking everybody to Slappy Town. It's so fun. Slappy Town. I yeah. Like I said, I wouldn't. And it's and you're giving everybody else creatures to play with and hit each other with. It's like oh cool, they get Corona too, and now they're attacking each other with their five five white samurai. Creature. Or they're attacking you with their five five. Here's samurais. the thing. Well, first of all, you're trying to not have that happen. Obviously, there are ways in the deck to make sure that doesn't happen and to punish them if you do. Also, you know, sometimes you just gotta fly too close to the sun. Sometimes you fall because you just you 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 flew too high, and you know what? That's okay. The one out of four games it works will be glorious. I I love I love this card. And the fact that the samurai have vigilance means that your menace, your Menace five fives end up being two twos on the back end to block, and so it m- mitigates that downside a little bit because none of those other samurai have menace, and so that's a, I think a big a big part of why this card feels really this card this card feels so good here. It is unreal to me. This card is trash, <laughs> and it feels so. Good it is right so here. bad. This is this is the kind of card is why I play Commander and EDH basically exclusively because where else can I run Iganjo Uprising? I mean, not where not anywhere wow. else. It's great. Well, guys, thanks for visiting our humble budget shop this uh, fantastic afternoon. Hopefully, you took some points away from our panel on how to build five color on a budget. And this is Mister Combat Number Five saying thanks for stopping by. Thanks. This is Murphus saying thanks for stopping by as well and looking forward to seeing you next time and i'll be back in the nearish nearish future it'll be great see you then